Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to This Week in the Association, presented by Brothers Comics, our weekly NBA recap show. On the line tonight, I have the one person LeBron James didn't get out of Ohio. It's Will Stacks. Will, say what's happening. Will Stacks in the house. LeBron missed out. What's up, what's up, what's up? Yeah, we're going to deal with that here in a little bit as we deal with the aftermath of the trade. Um... And, you know, kind of where all those moving parts went to. Um, but before we get to that, uh, you brought this up. Hey, man, it's the Winter Olympics. Uh, the opening ceremonies was a couple of days ago, and I guess they're probably about four or five days in in a unpronounceable name of China for me. I am not a Winter Olympics person. I have watched literally zero seconds of the Winter Olympics, but I know you are an all-around sports guy, so what does it for you for the Winter Olympics? Oh, this is the ultimate jump ball topic. Pyeongchang, South Korea. <laughs> oh, Korea. City <laughs> they are, uh, in just uh, miles from the North Korea border. That's a whole uh, another story. But um, as a sports geek, if you will, you know, I love uh, the best at what they do. And in this case, the Winter Olympics brings that out. Um, you know, it's uh, it's. I love watching those sports that you don't usually see. So I love the speed skating. Probably my favorite the downhill skiing is, is exciting. You know, I'm trying to figure out curling, trying to understand <laughs> the luge, uh, the bobsled is, you know, uh, entertaining. I just love the sports. And so far, you know, the USA has done a quality job, especially the young bucks. Uh, two 17-year-olds bringing home gold uh, in the snowboarding, in a couple snowboarding events. Uh, so good job by them. You know, the, the quote-unquote uh, major events, you know, the ice skating, the figure skating uh, singles events are coming up, the bronze won by the USA in the team event. But, you know, the marquee event is definitely the uh, – uh, individual of the figure skating, but I just love the Olympics. It's a, a great time of year, and uh, for a couple weeks, try to watch some sports you don't usually see. Uh, yeah, I um, uh, I don't know when I might have checked out of the Winter Olympics. Uh, it might have been Tanya and Nancy, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I know that I would have maybe watched a little bit of hockey, uh, but the NHLers aren't there this year or this time, so... That's a pass, and I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm even kind of out on the Summer Olympics a lot of times, besides, like, the NBA players, uh, the basketball, and, the, you know, like, the 100 meters and the 400. Uh, that's, I'm really about out of it, even the Summer Olympics. Oh, got to love the Olympics. Uh, but you got to uh, – you can't forget about 1980, you know, the miracle on ice, of course, but uh, I always think back to Eric Hyden uh, winning the speed skating events as well. So you got to love – uh, the Winter Olympics got another week and a half or so to go. So go ahead and check some out. Uh, that's that's your uh, job for the for the rest of the week. Watch some Olympics. Oh boy, Whew, that could get tight. All right, <laughs> so let's get to this first quarter. Hey, let's look at the aftermath of all these trades, man. Uh, we recorded uh, a little addendum to our previous podcast. And, um, you know, things are kind of settling into place. Uh, like I said, LeBron moved out a lot of people out of Ohio into different parts. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, off the jump, winners and losers. We'll go there first. Winners and losers of, of the NBA trade deadline. Well, the, the NBA trade, trade deadline should have just been called the Cleveland Cavalier trade deadline uh, because they were the only team really making – Big noise, a lot of the big names that were expected to go didn't go anywhere. Um, so it was really Cleveland making all the noise. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. Cleveland, obviously, the winner uh, as far as the team. But let's change it up and say what players were winners, of course. A winner was LeBron James because uh, he's got some young pieces that are excited to play with him, uh, excited to make a run at the playoffs where a couple have never been and a couple have only been a couple times. So uh, LeBron James is rejuvenated, uh, if you will, after struggling through the month of January, uh, looking to finish off February on a strong note leading towards the playoffs. So definitely a winner. 
Dwayne Wade, definitely a winner as well. Uh, he was traded from Cleveland but headed home, if you will, to Miami, where uh, Wade County, if you will, is back in effect, uh, a move where he's likely to end his career uh, playing with the Heat where it began and definitely a place where he should be. So great uh, win by Dwayne Wade uh, going home. But the losers, uh, let's first talk about Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, another one traded from Cleveland, former league MVP, just 29 years old, currently out of work as he was released by Utah, the team he was traded to. Uh, There's been some talk he may get picked up uh, possibly by the Wizards, but he is definitely a loser. But the biggest loser to me has to be Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas just a few months ago was a NBA MVP finalist and um, on top of the world, if you will. Then the injury uh, gave him a setback. Then the trade to Cleveland didn't work for him there. Now moving on to the Lakers, where he's likely maybe to finish the season, but definitely won't get re-signed in L.A., will not get a max contract. So the biggest loser in all this has to be Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, There's not going to be a bag of money waiting for him whenever this is over. Um, Him coming off the bench there, he said, you know, his agent initially said that he wasn't going to come off the bench. Um, I'm not sure what they had to do to get that to happen, but his first game off, he comes off the bench, but he scores 22, the most points he scored since he come back from the injury. So, you know, if, if, if I'm him, you know, you're going to have to do what you got to do to kind of rebuild your reputation a little bit so you can at least figure out some version of money at the end of the season. Um, the Derrick Rose thing is just almost sad. There is talk that he might wind up back with Tibbs up in Minnesota, um, but the fact that, you know, I mean, golly, he's 29, his knees are probably most closely being shot, and I'm not sure how many minutes he could actually give anybody or quality minutes he could give a team anyway. But uh, it's a shame that injuries just robbed him and us of, you know, watching what could probably have been at least, you know, close to a Hall of Fame career. Oh, there's no question. He was uh, definitely uh, stock was going up, up, up until the knee injury. So, yeah, we definitely got robbed of some great years uh, that would have likely stayed in Chicago. Uh, had it not been for the injury. So uh, good luck to Derrick Rose if he does end up in Washington or in Minnesota or that he ends up on a team. Um, so he won't be out of work at 29, NBA career, former MVP. Uh, if it was the end, that would be a sad way for it, the end for Derrick Rose. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's head into the second quarter, which is probably the biggest NBA story of last night, and it's just a slow time, obviously, because it's ready for this all-star break. Last night, the Warriors play the Suns. Um, those <laughs> Warriors win by 46, which could be a story in and of itself over the Suns. But during the game, Coach Steve Kerr pretty much turned over the coaching duties to the players. Uh, Andre Iguodala first. Uh, Draymond Green, who was sitting out with a sore finger, uh, also drew up the plays. And I think um, uh, David, uh, shoot, I forget his name, David West. West, actually, thank you. He he drew up a couple of plays, too. They blow him out. All the talk is, was it disrespectful? Uh, Jarrett Dudley said it, it was extremely disrespectful what, this, uh, what, this, what the Warriors did. Some people are like, you know, that's just Steve Kerr trying to get to his team any way he can. He said that they're not listening to him anyway after the last four years. So was it disrespectful or just one out of 82? I think it's one out of 82 and even one closer to the all-star break. Um, A game, obviously, that Golden State uh, had in hand, you know, and even, like you said, sitting out, uh, you know, Draymond Green. uh, The big names didn't play big minutes as the game was dominated by Golden State from beginning to end. I don't see the disrespect. Uh, hey, if you are disrespected, do something about it, Phoenix. Um, you know, get out and, and beat them. However, I don't think it's a good look for the league overall if you, you, you're you saying in a topic we talked about a couple of weeks ago that in this case the coach didn't mean much, you know, that, that he just is a body that, uh, you know, we can win without him in a sense. So, not a good look for the NBA 
if you just say, oh, let the players take care of it, I'll go over here and eat some popcorn with the front row fans. So yeah. that's, uh, you know, I don't think it's disrespectful to the Suns. They need to do something about it. But on the same note, not a great look for the league. I'm pretty sure Adam Silver probably put a call in, sent a text or email to Steve Kerr like, hey, um, you know, I know you're winning handily, but let's uh, let's not do that in the future. Yeah, one star doesn't play the other stars. You know, nobody really went off. I think the highest point getter was um, was Clay at 22. I mean, that really meant like you know a lot of Swaggy P and others were scoring and running up and down the court. I mean, if you can't stop them dudes when the other ones aren't playing, I mean, that's really on you. I, I can see it as being disrespectful, though. You know, having been on the tail end of some tail whipping, you know, and seeing people shine and high-five and all that, and even when you're doing your best, like, I can see how you could feel it would be disrespectful. I mean, now, what do you do? You take somebody out at the knees or whatever, you just take the ass whipping and move on. But um, for the most part, if that wanted to stop or that needed to stop, Phoenix needed to do something better than that. I mean, you're one of the worst teams in the league. You know, do something to make it stop. Yeah, they are NBA players, too. They're professionals getting paid as well. Hey, professionals need to do their jobs. In this case, Golden State did their job better. Um, you know, just so happened the coach thought, I don't need to do too much uh, to help this win. So, again, no disrespect. Do something about it, Phoenix. Um, but, yeah, not a good look for uh, the NBA overall. You think that was a planned thing, like he went into it? Or he just got to one of those first time out and was like, man, they're not paying attention to me, you know, here. Uh, you know, AI, yeah, take, <laughs> take this clipboard and draw something up. Well, I sincerely hope it wasn't a plan because then that would be kind of disrespectful if you want to <laughs> go that far. But then on the same note, uh, you don't want to say that, hey, they weren't listening, so let me turn it over to them either. That wouldn't be good either. So hopefully it was a spur of the moment. Maybe somebody in a timeout said, hey, I got an idea. Let me draw it up. And it kind of went from there. I hope that was the case. Um, I, that story probably will come out in the days to come. But uh, definitely don't ho I hope it was not a plan to say I'm going to turn it over at a, uh, the second quarter to you guys and you guys take it from there. So, yeah, that's, uh, I hope that wasn't the case. Yeah, the Warriors and probably the Celtics, and we'll talk a little bit about them uh, coming up. Um, probably are the teams that look most likely they're just ready for the all-star break. Uh, the Warriors, even though they're on a three-game win streak, um, you know, had a very rough patch here in the last two weeks. And the Celtics uh, embarrassed themselves uh, in a Sunday night marquee, or a Sunday afternoon marquee game this past week against the Cavs. Do you think it's this new schedule that has – I mean, there's only like 25 games left after the all-star break since they've rushed so many games before the all-star break. Is everybody just, you know – just at their end because they've already played probably 10 more games than they normally would in the season. Yeah, I think teams are ready uh, to take that break, ready to check out, just to exhale for a bit and get ready for that last push towards the playoffs. Um, 25 games left, you know, the all-star break usually signifies the midpoint uh, of the season, not the uh, three-quarter mark of the season. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I think teams are, are ready for a little break. You know, those guys uh, not on the All-Star weekend ready for a little vacay, and then those that are, are going to All-Star weekend still get a break of sorts. So I think uh, everybody, all parties, are ready just to um, uh, take the foot off the gas for a minute and uh, attend the All-Star festivities in L.A. No doubt about it. All right. Hey, as we get into halftime, as Nasir Jones plays at the end, uh, I think we went two podcasts without talking about this dude. And we've, we've been very, like, almost a rule here that we only deal with him in, you know, basketball-related issues. So, uh, LeVar Ball comes out uh, in an interview. I'm, again, I can't even remember the source that, that it came from, but he came out in this interview and essentially said that Lonzo will not re-sign with the Lakers um, unless the Lakers sign uh, LaMelo and whatever the other one's name is. And uh, obviously it got people into a, a, a Twitter, so to speak. Uh, topics all over First Take with Stephen A. He even had Jalen on today talking about this. Um, 
the idea that he wants all three of his sons on the same team and playing for the Lakers as, as the only team and then holding essentially the Lakers hostage if, if they don't do this, um, you know, they're, they're going to take, he's going to take Lonzo or Lonzo's going to sign someplace else. So, um, just old, crazy old man talk or a legitimate concern? Uh, crazy old man talk with a legitimate concern. This is, uh, you know, LeVar Ball trying to seriously flex his muscle to say that he is in control of what's going on in some form with the Lakers. It's funny, the Lakers are playing some pretty good ball of late while LeVar Ball is in Lithuania with uh, Jello and Mello. So uh, maybe the Lakers are, are playing better the farther he is away from L.A. However, you know, Lonzo himself is still hurt. He's still uh, recovering from the knee injury. Uh, so, you know, you got to see what happens with him. But I want to hear from him. When his dad makes a statement like that, I want to hear from Lonzo to say, hey, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm here to play for the Lakers. I plan to re-sign with the Lakers. Heck, I haven't even played my whole first season yet. I still got two more years on the rookie deal before I even think about re-signing. So, it's, uh, you know, I want to hear from Lonzo uh, either stepping up to his dad and saying, I don't know what he's talking about, or agreeing with his dad saying, I'm not going to re-sign unless you sign my brother's. But Lonzo has to make a statement one way or the other. Don't leave it up to the Lakers, because if that's the case, you know, Lonzo will be gone. And I can't think of any NBA team that's going to sign all three ball brothers. I don't care what team it is. Um, you know, even the worst team in the league, the Sacramento Kings, will not sign the ball brothers just because they're the ball brothers and they're the worst team in the league. Yeah, it, and it's it's so wild that, I mean, if again, if you believe in recruiting services, you believe in advanced scouting or whatever, uh, Jello, the one that didn't go to UCLA, is not even close to being an NBA prospect. Like, not even close. Not a bench warmer, nothing. So the fact that he's like, okay, well, you're going to have to sign him because I think the quote was like, oh, well, he plays so much better with his brother, so you have to sign him. And then the other one, I guess that's LiAngelo, is what 15 years old so i mean we're still a ways away from although i think he's a better prospect i don't think it you know nobody's saying like well he's got nba skills and potential it's not like there's a young lebron james or anybody like that over there so and even we're talking about this again he's on his rookie deal i think i read somewhere you know with team options and whatnot i mean he might not he might not even be able to be a free agent until like 21 22 year 21 22 so i mean it's it's almost farcical to even be having this conversation about it and i i i wonder i wonder every day what those meetings are like when magic and them get that shit across their desk and it's like oh yeah by the way this said today i do they laugh or do they you know i, I just wonder what kind of meetings they have whenever this shit comes up I sincerely hope there's a lot of laughter. Man, look what this guy said today. And there's laughing around the table. Uh, I really cannot believe, um, you know, they put a lot of time into the, the comments of LeVar Ball. However, in this case, you know, uh, there there is a, a future in, in mind. And again, I think the word, the ball is in Lonzo's court, if you will. He needs to step up and make a statement, uh, and I think that would really uh, close a lot of mouths uh, if he were to step out and to say one way or the other how he feels about this situation. So, Lonzo, put your big boy britches on and make a statement. Yes, yeah, uh, we talked on the last podcast. He's about to be a daddy. Uh, you know, you need to put your daddy in the corner here and, like, have him, you know, essentially not put your NBA future in doubt. You know, again, if he comes back and he gets into year two, I, I think we've seen the best of what we're going to see from him from year one. If he gets into year two and he makes that kind of leap and, you know, develops a jump shot and he becomes, like, a different player, 
you know, yeah, you can start making those, not those types of demands, but you can start making demands when you're a star player. I mean, right now he's more name than player. And, like, I think his father doesn't recognize that. Like, you know, it it, it doesn't seem that he's recognizing that he's going to have to play well and, you know, to, for him to be able to do any of the things that he wants to do in terms of the big baller brand as well as, you know, making, you know, personnel decisions for the Lakers. But none of the personnel decisions are going to involve him like having his other two sons yeah. on the team. This is never going to happen. I'm sorry. I mean, I, they say never, they say never. Damn it. I'm saying never. That is never going to happen. So, yeah. and if it does, no that'd be something. That would be something. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Uh, I, did, I did see, though, uh, that, and I, and I don't know how you feel about this show, um, was that Lip Sync Battle? Is that the one with LL Cool J and Chris Teigen? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, th- I did see the preview for them. They're gonna Lonzo and Lavar are going to be on there, uh, doing lip sync battle against one another. And um, Lonzo's song for his final was "Bad and Bougie," and I was like, "Yeah, that pretty much sums up everything I need to know about Lonzo Ball." So, um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, however, yeah. I do give uh, one one. Uh, positive thing I'll say about LeVar Ball is the uh the what's the the cold ball segments with Kevin Hart uh where they sit in the, the ice bath, uh Kevin Hart and LeVar Ball. Uh that was pretty entertaining. So I'll give him credit for that for that entertaining segment. So if you haven't seen that I would check that out. But can we please move on to the third quarter? I think we spend too much time <laughs> talking about LeVar Ball. No doubt about it. All right, let's move to the third quarter. Hey, we're going streaking. Let's look at some of the winners and what they're doing so far. Hold on. All right. Raptors uh, playing the Heat tonight, uh, half a game up in the East. Uh, the number one seed as Boston's kind of falling back a little bit uh, going in the break. I'm going to put that drop in there. You can't trust it for P.E., man. Do you trust them? Not at all. Not at all. Can't do it. Uh <laughs> Great job uh, by Toronto. Dwayne Casey leading his team. He will be the coach even of Team LeBron in the All-Star break. But uh, until they actually prove it uh, in the postseason, um, hey, great job uh, being the number one seed as of right now. But uh, I want to see it when it comes uh, to the NBA Finals. Haven't seen it yet. So, uh, no, no trust in Toronto. I'll just give them credit for right now, and that's about it. Uh, the 76ers, four games in a row, have moved back into the playoffs at the number seven seed as Miami has fallen back. Um, 76 is going to be a tough out for somebody if they wind up staying in that spot. Uh, they do have two prolific players. Uh, they're fairly well coached. Uh, that's going to be a tough out for whoever's the number two seed. And it's, um, you know, likely I can see Toronto end up playing uh, Philadelphia possibly in a first-round series, and I definitely agree that uh, Toronto would have some problems beating Philly four times. Um, you know, Philly does cause problems with Embiid and Simmons, and uh, if you get some good shooting from J.J. Redick, uh, they're a tough team to beat. You know, even Embiid is playing multiple games in a row now, so that's uh, a stretch as they're ready to make a run. So uh, watch out for Philly playing good ball heading into the break. Uh, maybe they'll make a run uh, heading into the playoffs. Uh, the Houston Rockets uh, streaking still eight games in a row. Uh, still a game out from the Dubs in the um, in the West for the number one seed. Um, uh, I'm not sure when they're going to stop. I tell you, the Rockets are playing some unbelievable ball. And had it, if it wasn't for Golden State, uh, we'd be talking so much more about Houston. But, you know, they're still second fiddle in the West. So, you know, they got to keep it up. Um, It would be great, great for them to get that number one seed. They need to have home court advantage if it came down to uh, Houston versus Golden State. If it came to a game seven, they needed at home as opposed to going on the road uh, to uh, the Bay Area. So the Rockets got to keep fighting to try to get that number one seed, uh, but they're playing some outstanding ball of late. 
And our final team, the Utah Jazz, the Jazz, 10 games in a row. They haven't lost uh, in, uh, I think it's almost three weeks. Uh, they trade one of their pieces, uh, but they got a rookie that's out there that's just making making them forget about anybody that they got rid of. Yeah, Rodney Hood uh, was playing some great ball. Now he's a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers coming off their bench. But you got uh, Donovan Mitchell, who has taken over the team. I would say it's Donovan Mitchell's team, and he's a rookie playing incredible ball. If he's not leading uh, for the rookie of the year, again, I made the same statement. A lot of people talking about Simmons for Philadelphia. Donovan Mitchell has to be. Uh, the leading candidate for Rookie of the Year right now. He is absolutely carrying uh, this Utah team. You got the big Frenchman in the middle, Gobert, doing his thing. But Donovan Mitchell is uh, paying big dividends in Salt Lake City. Yeah, there was a debate uh, I was watching on on George Stano's um, Twitter feed or whatever. He was talking about you know how Mitchell is clearly the Rookie of the Year up to this point. And people were like, oh, but what about Ben Simmons? He's like, you know, Ben Simmons might be the better long-term prospect, but right now, you know, Donovan Mitchell is clearly the the leader in the clubhouse for Rookie of the Year. He's carrying his team. You know, uh, Simmons is playing outstanding ball, no question, but he, you know, has a little more help, if you want to say, uh, than Mitchell does. And Mitchell is, uh, you know, he is definitely what, uh, if you need an end of the shot clock or even end of the game situation, you're going to a rookie, uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, if you're Coach Quinn Snyder. So uh, Utah has got uh, a player that is uh, just lighting it up and definitely gets my vote for rookie of the year. Let's look at some of the losers. we got the Charlotte Hornets at four games in a row. Thought to possibly be sellers at the trade deadline uh, to keep Kimball Walker, to keep Dwight Howard. Uh, just nothing going on in Charlotte. Yeah, nothing going on except for uh, Michael Jordan uh, putting out some new shoes maybe uh, as owner <laughs> of the Hornets. Uh, you know, a, a, a surprising stat that I learned, Kimball Walker, definitely the absolute leader of the Charlotte Hornets, is the sixth highest player on his team. The sixth highest player, and there is no question who the leader is is of that team, Kimball Walker, but he's the sixth highest player who would have thunk it uh, right there in Charlotte. Yeah, it, it's always a shame because, you know, they, one of the reasons that Charlotte wound up getting a team is primarily because of all the Carolina history in basketball, and they just can't seem to get it right, like, for anything. And it, I mean, and it obviously leads back to George. You know, again, nobody's a great player, you know, shaky executive. And until they can figure out something you know again it's hard to win in that league without a superstar and then the chances that they've had to get one they whipped on those draft picks so um i mean he deserves every bit of criticism that he gets every single drop no question um but yeah he's uh just one or charlotte is just one of many losers of late in the nba no doubt let's look at the knicks Seven games in a row, Unicorn has surgery yesterday on his torn uh, ACL. Uh, the prognosis is 10 months before he's coming back. Uh, I guess they were saying because of his, his size and stature or whatever, it's going to take him a little bit longer to get back from that ACL. 10 months, the Knicks could be double lotto winners. Well, uh, it Chris Stops is... Um... You know, definitely got some time to heal, and the Lakers uh, need to take that time to kind of reevaluate what are we going to do around uh, Porzingis. So this is the time to find some more talented players uh, to to look at Tim Hardaway and say, did we pay him too much money? Yes. But they're going to try to find some other players so when Porzingis does get back, they can pair with him. Uh, You get a good look at – uh, Frank Nilakini, I know I'm mispronouncing, but I, I get a good look at him, uh, you know, and how he can really play. And, you know, so when Porzingis gets back, will that be uh, a quality combo? Or, you know, will it be uh, Moutier, who came over in the trade from Denver, uh, that will get a lot of minutes in the backcourt? So, um you know, this is a, a topsy-turvy time for the Knicks while 
The unicorn is out. I hope he gets healthy, but the Knicks better figure out what are we going to do on the in-between while he's out. Yeah, speaking of teams that uh, are struggling, uh, the Phoenix Suns, we brought them up earlier, loses the six games in a row. Um, oh, excuse me, I jumped over them, but they're both teams are six games in a row. Let's take Phoenix first since I just said it. Uh, Devin Booker, is he a star or a superstar? And do they run the risk of losing him? And, you know, as he's starting to run up on his end of his rookie deal, do they run the risk of him losing, losing Devin Booker because of all the losing in Phoenix? Oh, I think there's no question. I think Devin Booker is a star, and the only reason he's not a superstar is because he's in Phoenix. Is the only reason he's not a superstar that he is on a a a terrible team and then b uh, no one gets to see him play and to see exactly what this young man can do. But he is an absolute talent, uh, just waiting for his rookie deal uh, to expire or for Phoenix to put him on the block. He'll probably have to play uh, at least one more year uh, in Phoenix or maybe around next year's trade deadline. His name. Uh, might be likely to be tossed around in trade uh, talks. But uh, as of right now, uh, he's a star just waiting for uh, a new address where he can become a superstar. Also, six games in a row, the Brooklyn Nets. There's a lot of bad basketball uh, being played in New York. Um, six loses a six in a row. Uh, that Cavaliers, has, they have their pick. It's not lottery protected. That Cavs pick is looking pretty good right now. Hey, uh, look, the Cavs are saying keep losing in Brooklyn because it only helps us. Uh, LeBron is probably keeping an eye on that pick that, hey, if they keep losing, that pick gets better and better. But, uh, yeah, New York basketball, the mecca, if you will, for a lot of people playing ball. But then you, you look at the NBA players and you're like, what is going on in Brooklyn and in NYC. I bet I can go to a few playgrounds in New York and find 10 guys that can play better than the starting five for the Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, But as of right now, hey, that's what they're rolling with, and it's not a good time to be a basketball fan in New York. And no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. Let's head into this fourth quarter. Um, best player ever, you know, which is something that usually goes into our wrap-up, uh, but we put it into the fourth quarter here because this is going to spark a debate. Now, alphabetically, our two teams were the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Dallas Mavericks' best player of all time is clearly easy. <laughs> it's Dirk Nowitzki, uh, hands down, not even a thought. Uh, it's not even a thought. And so as we did with the Bulls, well, we didn't do it with the Bulls because their first two were so easy, but as we did with a couple of other teams, um, we had to go to the second best player, which will kind of spark this debate here. And the Dallas one is a good debate. Uh, it's a good debate. Um, the Denver one, it, we'll see about that. But all right, so you can't pick Dirk. Who is the second best Mav in Mavs history? And we had some people on our Facebook page, you know, kind of shout out some some names and whatnot about who they thought were these players. Yeah, shout out to Eric Wills, Scotty Fry, Charles Scoop Morrow, a lot of people shouting out their thoughts. Um, Scoop Scoop. You know, some, some, other, some other names that we'll throw in, Jason Kidd, uh, you know, he even had two roles with uh, Dallas in the beginning and towards the end of his career. Uh, you had Roy Copley. Roy, yeah, yeah won, helped win the championship, so his name has to be tossed in. Rookie of the year when he was uh, there in the beginning. Roy Tarpley, uh, sixth man of the year when he was with Dallas, uh, had four great seasons before he ran into some alcohol issues. Um, Sam Perkins had a nice career when he ended up over there. Um, but there's two names that you can throw in as, the second best players probably in Dallas Mavericks history. Y'all can't forget when Jason Kidd had uh, help with Jimmy Jackson and Jamal Masburn. And Jamal Masburn. Yeah, at the same time. But anyway, uh, two names that you can throw in, and those two names came to Dallas in the same draft, the 1981 draft. The number one overall pick in that 1981 draft, Mark Aguirre. 
Mark Aguirre played eight seasons with the Dallas Mavericks, led the team in scoring for seven of his eight seasons with the Mavericks, um, a dominant scorer uh, in the low post, even though he was uh, probably 6'5 at best. At a best. small forward, likes to post up and score uh, down low. Uh, tremendous player, averaging 29 uh, and a half, three-time All-Star, uh, two-time uh, first team, uh, or second team, excuse me, All-NBA. Uh, another person came in that draft, the number nine pick, Rolando Blackman, you know, yeah. uh, a four-time All-Star as well, the second leading score in Dallas Maverick history uh, behind Dirk, uh, played 11 seasons with Dallas. But between those two, the best player in Dallas Mavericks history, not named Dirk, I have to go with Mark Aguirre. Mark yeah. Aguirre uh, led the team. He was the beginning of the turnaround of, of the Dallas Mavericks. And like I said, they both came in the same draft, but it was Mark Aguirre uh, that led those teams uh, through the early and mid-'80s. So Mark Aguirre is our... Uh, number two player in Dallas Mavericks history. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, too, because even though he kind of led that turnaround where they did have some good seasons, you know, uh, nobody really got a chance. You know, this is back in the 80s. A lot of people weren't able to see, you know, kind of that's not West Coast basketball, but that time zone of basketball. So it was rare that, that you got a chance to see him. And then by the time he comes to the Pistons and he wins a championship, um, you know, he was not that player anymore, you know. He was just a, you know, kind of post-up, you know, spot-up shooter at that point in time. So, yeah, he, he would be my pick as well. I would take him on the road. So, all right, we're in agreement there. All right, this Denver one, though, the Richie Creamy Nougats, man. Uh, <laughs> when there's a team that has no one that you can automatically point to, then it always, it, it, it becomes good, you know, it becomes a good podcast, good radio, or whatever, because Denver doesn't clearly have one person that stands out above the rest. They have a bunch of good players who played well for them, but really didn't do anything to uh, help them achieve anything in terms of even close to a championship. So, who do you got for the Nuggets? Well, let's let's mention some of those pretty good players. You know, going way back to even ABA days and. Bridging into the NBA, you had David Thompson, uh, one of the greatest leapers and dunkers in NBA history. Dan Issel, uh, even throw in a Kiki Vandeweghe. Kiki Vandeweghe, yeah. Uh, you can't forget about Michael Adams, Fat Lieber, some great names of Denver Nugget past in those horrible uniforms. But uh, three names uh, definitely, to me, uh, top the list. Uh, and I'll even go in this order uh I hate to say it, my favorite, but probably third on this list is Mahmoud Abdul Raoul. Uh, you know, probably, you know, formerly Chris Jackson, one of the best players, probably the best off the dribble jump shot prior to Steph Curry uh, in NBA history. Um, but then number two, you kind of forget Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo <laughs> yeah. Anthony had a great uh, early career uh, in Denver and uh, put up some huge numbers, uh, so you can't forget about Carmelo. But I think it's no question uh, who the number one player, uh, the all-time leader in four categories, uh, games, minutes, uh, field goals, and, uh, uh, of course, points, uh, that would be Alex English, an eight-time All-Star, three-time Second team All NBA player, scoring champ in 1983, averaging uh, 29 a game. He was just a silent assassin. Never heard much from him. Just get it to him on the elbow and let him work. Uh, Alex English, again, another small forward that liked playing, you know, fairly close to the basket back in those early 80 days, uh, mm -hmm. but he would somehow get it done. Uh, Alex English, number two for your rich and creamy, as you stated, Denver Nuggets, uh, the best player in Denver Nugget history. Yeah. 
I see, and, and as much as I'm not a mellow dude, and as much as I've talked on this podcast, as he's that dude, and he was that dude in Denver where he was able to get buckets and lead the team just enough to get them into the playoffs and, you know, lose dramatic, not even dramatically, you know, they would just lose because that he, you know, he was a lot of it doing by himself. I, I'm going to give it to Melo. Again, it's very difficult for me to do that. Uh, you know, his, his ability to get buckets, even though he still has that same ability, his ability to get buckets, even as a rookie, um, is still pretty spectacular. Uh, you know, he's almost unstoppable in certain situations. Denver never really did good by him by trying to find somebody to pair him up with. And, again, he's still not that dude anyway to, you know, kind of share uh, the responsibilities of, of on a winning basketball team. I think they got him AI for, like, two seasons, and that was a disaster. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break with you on that one and go with, with Carmelo. All righty. Carmelo it is. Uh, but I have to lean towards Alex English. He was the man. <laughs> I Can't forget uh, what the movie he was in, Cornbread Earl and Me. That was a classic. That's right. Come on, you gotta, you gotta get Alex English and his acting. You know, he can't beat that as well. So, uh, right. but yeah, so we have a little debate: Alex English, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Yeah, that that you know, get debates too. You know, because again, uh, you know, everybody has their favorites for a lot of different reasons. You know, especially when it's not clear cut, and especially when you have a team that hasn't won like championships, because it's easy to point to like somebody as their best player when they lead them to a title. Um, because you know, even if Dirk hadn't led them to that one championship, he would still be the best player. But it would probably be, be- it would probably be more of a debate. You know what I mean? Uh, no doubt. So, right. no doubt about it. All right, so as the final buzzer rings, uh, we're going to get into our game of the week before our song of the week. All right, so what's your game of the week? Uh, A good one is going on right now as the Cleveland Cavaliers, the new-look Cavaliers, are playing Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's a quality one. I didn't want to take that because it's going on as we speak. I'm going to obviously point towards the All-Star game, but I won't even take that. But Thursday, one of the last games prior to the All-Star break, Two up-and-coming teams making a, a nice run towards the playoffs. The Denver Nuggets at Milwaukee uh, mm-hmm. Thursday night uh, before the break. You know, both teams are, are in a good position right now in the playoffs. Uh, Denver in the uh, seven spot, winners out of uh, seven of their last ten. Uh, Milwaukee uh, currently in the five spot in the East, you know, in great position in the East. So. Uh, those are two up-and-coming teams, so that's my game of the week. Thursday, Denver at Milwaukee. I'm taking tomorrow night with my Miami Heat going to Philadelphia as uh, Miami reintegrating Dwayne Wade back into their system and uh, uh, not looking like they're going to get that win in Toronto tonight uh, on the back-to-back. Uh, let's see if even if Dwayne Wade plays. Uh, they're at Philadelphia uh, jockeying for those bottom playoff position spots definitely do not want to wind up at number eight. Although, again, if Toronto winds up there, you get a, a puncher's chance because it's Toronto. But, uh, yeah, so looking for Miami to be able to turn the, turn the corner here. You know, they're going to wind up being one and one with Dwayne Wade uh, and have a chance to, you know, break 500 if they can get a win in Philadelphia. Philadelphia obviously playing for playoff spots and positions themselves, so it should definitely be a good game in the city of brotherly love. No doubt. Uh, I'd like to see how Wade is going to use his veteran presence to help push this young team towards the playoffs. Um, it definitely would be great if they did make the playoffs, uh, if it's only in the eighth seed to see who they get to push uh, from that eighth seed. So, um, you know, uh, a good finish for Dwayne Wade, if this is indeed his last season, maybe, maybe not, um, has to end in a playoff run for the Heat. No doubt. All right. So what's the song of the week, man? All right. Our song of the week, we're going uh, to 1996. Um, taking a piece, if you will, of uh, the Wu-Tang Clan as they start to split off into their solo ventures. Uh, 1996, our song is Daytona 500 by mm-hmm. Ghostface. 
Ghostface nice. Killer, 1996. Uh, one of my favorite videos from back in the day, Yo MTV Raps, if you will, uh, with the Speed Racer uh, cartoon playing while the video, while the music is playing. Uh, you could swear that Speed Racer was rapping the song as uh, yeah. the video was playing. But uh, Ghostface Killer, Daytona 500, 1996 is our song of the week. Nice. All right, as Ghost takes us out, uh, we won't bring up that one guy to go thing from Facebook. Uh, <laughs> it came up <laughs> earlier this week uh, about uh, which which Wu Tang rapper would you one guy to go out? And uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting debate. A lot of people had uh, some interesting thoughts on that. But okay, yeah, uh, all right. And and why we are saying this song is, of course, the Daytona 500 is being yeah. run this coming Sunday. So uh, that's the reason. Uh, if you will, while we're dedicating uh, this song this week, uh, Daytona 500 uh, is our song of the week. And, and real quick, you know, I I watched probably, and my son was a little bit younger, not that he was into racing, but he was into the movie Cars, so that kind of led to racing cars and seeing, you know, races. So probably when he was a little bit younger, I watched the beginning and end of, you know, many races, uh, uh, you know, because that's the, you know, the fun part is the start, and then the fun part is like the last five or so laps. You know, that's about all I could watch. I couldn't watch any of that stuff in between. Uh, so, yeah, so I know a little bit of more than I did when I was growing up. Uh, and I've actually been to Daytona. I've actually been on the track. I didn't drive a car or anything like that. But, you know, when we took the tour, you could see the banks, uh, you know, and or whatever. I mean, you have to be driving. I don't remember how fast Jude said that you have to be driving so you don't wind up into like the field because uh, you got to hit a certain speed, to, you know, just to get through the bank. So, yeah, uh, big race. I'm still always wondering why the NBA or the NBA doesn't move off of that weekend because they always wind up competing against one another. Uh, the NBA All-Star game and the Daytona 500. I've never understood why they don't move off that date. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a coincidence or otherwise. Uh, that's a great question. I always wonder why the why NASCAR has their Super Bowl, if you will, as the first race of the <laughs> season. So yeah. that's uh, another question. But uh, hey, Daytona 500 brings a lot of people out. Um, probably two different segments of fans. So I think yeah. it's okay uh, for the two events to run together uh, because uh, I don't think too many fans are watching both. You're one way yeah. or the other for the most no part. Doubt. So what you're saying is that there won't be any black people meet commercials during the Daytona 500 and probably no farmers only commercials during the NBA All-Star game. Uh, that <laughs> might be a, a fair bet. That, that's a fair <laughs> bet for sure. <laughs> All right, that's Ghost is uh, playing us out, man. Tell them where they can find you. Hey, find me at Will Sachs. That's at Will Sachs on Instagram. Let me know what you think of the show if you got any comments any thoughts any song ideas let me know at will sex on instagram or at mr waters 77 on twitter again at mr waters 77 on twitter tell me what you think of this week in the association yeah no doubt i remember you can find brothers comics uh at instagram at brothers comics facebook at brothers comics uh twitter at brothers comics and you'll be able to find this podcast on soundcloud itunes uh stitcher apple podcast uh tune in uh podbean uh google play uh i mean again wherever whatever your favorite uh podcast streaming app is if you put in brothers comics hopefully it'll come up there uh so a lot of places for you to find that and remember this show is part of the brothers comics podcast network find a show find your life uh this week in the association which is the show that we're recording right now the marvel hacks uh with sandman and brother beavis and big hunch uh the Brothers Comics Podcast, the Blackest Thing I've Seen This Week Podcast, the Intersection of My Life is Love. Uh, I mean, there's, again, there has to be a show on this network that interests you in some form or fashion. So, all right. So as Ghost plays us out, Will Sacks, man, we're going to see you after the All-Star break, too. We're going to take the extended break, too, right? Yes, I'm looking forward to this All-Star break. Will Sacks is out. Hey. All right, we'll see you people on the other side. Peace.
playing all these earthlings and fake foreigners in the Philippines. Pick up rubies, bubbling strings, bright chemical cream. We burn kerosene. The conviction of my tape is rape wicked like Nixon. Long heads inscriptions with three sixes and kiss the pyramid. Experiment with high explosive. I slap box with Jesus, licks shot to Joseph. Zooming like binoculars, the rap blacksmith. Money's Rolex was spotless, chef rack top spotless. I'm Iron Man, no decash metal, I'm still alloy. True identity hitting this side chick for tabloids. Brief oxygen, both sides of my jaw carry oxygen. You track it like a bangers in hundred wide boxes. No jostling, he's cash while little JP Dallian. Sip our response out of weed Dallians. Rhymes like retail, make sure shit sell. Kills my best bills, what up, Lil's? Murder one done, killer beast stung. Guess who back home, son? My technique is slang, can't one. Third platoon soon, crystal bottles, cages of boom. Poppy wardrobe, the man had a big dick style. Beware goons, smuggle balloons, Lorna dunes, and fat pussy wounds. Let the guards build, pull the grill. Check out the man's skills, top secret technique. Too hard for you to peep in and keep it. Jiggy style of rap, the watch, I'm not gonna swing, sweep it. I don't order, take me quarter, can't record my slaughter. Spoiled the rotten donna, too good to be forgotten. Hot top notch, borderline rhymes, it's Hancock 96. My ill sound class is still hot. Get yourself shot. 